Hello and welcome to episode 166 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by my co-host Bryson and Jacob. It's finally the offseason, and as we all predicted, the Atlanta Braves are World Series champions. Well, uh, I got the AL team correct, although I had the Astros winning the World Series. But yes, congratulations and huge shout out, obviously, to former general manager Alex Anthopoulos, who gets the job done as much as uh, he unfortunately tested positive. He couldn't be around the ballpark once Atlanta won, but congratulations to him again. And uh, kudos to the to the Atlanta Braves. What a season they had. And we all know the story after Acuna went down, all the trades they made, they managed to get the job done. And uh, it was a pretty cool story this uh, postseason for sure. Yeah. Maybe one of the most unique paths a team can take to the World Series. As you said, missing Acuna, missing as they did throughout the season, Marcelo Zuna. They remake their entire outfield in the middle of the season at the trade deadline. They finish with 88, 88 wins, but sneak in because of the NL East, and then they take it all the way. And yeah, talk about being wrong. Um, I had the Brewers and Rays in the World Series, and the Brewers winning it all, I think. And that turned out to be a colossal mistake. Both those teams were out after the first round. But Jacob, how are you? You know what, considering that the World Series champion had less regular season wins than the Blue Jays, I am even more advocating for a, a change in the way the playoff structure is. But you know what, it was an entertaining game. It was great to see a Canadian and Freddie Freeman win the World Series as well as uh, Alex Anthopoulos. But yeah, it's just I, I think this is another instance of Rob Manfred. Somebody like th- the playoff structure needs to be changed just because. I'm not saying that the Blue Jays are a bad team. It's just it, to me, it, it's just it's kind of ridiculous that a team can win this many games, not make the playoffs, and then teams in a completely different division can just have a completely different outcome and then still make it. Jacob coming in hot. Um, yeah, there's lots of connections to the Blue Jays on the Braves. There's Mike Soroka, um, a Canadian. There is um, Travis Denard, who was with the Blue Jays at one point in their minor league system, and I think was Eastern League MVP for the Fisher Cats in. 2007 or 2008 before he moved on um yeah lots of connections and I mean if you're cheering for anyone you're obviously not cheering for the Astros because they're the Astros but it's uh it's good to see the Braves win and good to see that Canadian connection but today with the offseason officially beginning we are previewing the offseason and what the Blue Jays should do what their approach should be who they should be targeting throughout the offseason and we're going to start it off just by talking generically about who the Blue Jays kind of need and and you know the areas that they need to fill on their team because we all watched you know 162 games in 2021 I know all of our listeners watched 162 games in 2021, and obviously as good as the Blue Jays were, as high of a potential they had, there's obviously areas for improvement, and you got to improve if you want to be better than a 91-win team, and if you want to make the postseason next year because of how competitive the AL East is. So when we talk about who the Blue Jays need to add, I think it's pretty clear they need starting pitching, they need relief pitching, and they need a left-handed bat. That and a left-handed bat that kind of fits in with the Blue Jays' needs. So not you know a first baseman, not a DH, but a left-handed bat who can either have strong defense in the outfield or strong defense on the left side of the infield, where the Blue Jays kind of lack stability this year. Those are kind of the three areas where I'm looking for the Blue Jays to add this offseason. Yeah, I think starting pitching, it's obvious. To be completely honest, out of the free agents that the Blue Jays have, I would prefer if they re-sign their starting pitcher in Robbie Ray, just to be uh, to be honest, like if it's him or Simeon, I would prefer Ray. Uh, but the thing is, is 
if you so if you don't sign Robbie Ray or, or excuse me Marcus Simeon, then there is going to be a little bit of instability in the infield because obviously there's now a hole that you need to fill. However, I'm a little bit more forgiving with that one because there are guys I think who could fill that whether it's uh, Santiago Espinal, Kevin Biggio, guys like that. And are they downgrades from Marcus Simeon after the season he had? Of course. However, I feel like if the Blue Jays are going to put out $30 million a year or any type of large amount, then it's got to be towards a starting pitcher. Because as we saw earlier on in the season, pitching was their weakness. And it was the strength in the the second half. And really, once they came to Rogers Center, it was amazing. However, it killed them early on in the season. And then in terms of a left-handed bat, I'll just speak on that briefly. I feel like as much as I want Corey Dickerson to come back, it would have to either be if he comes back, Randall Gritchick leaves or something else, somebody else is traded because you can't have five outfielders, five healthy outfielders in a real season or in a full season. The only reason why it kind of worked was because of all the injuries. So maybe it's an infielder. I mean, you could easily get a third baseman or a shortstop or, or, or a second baseman, excuse me, but you can get an infielder who bats left or left-handed but, you know, it's it's tough. I think the Blue Jays have the guys to re-sign to probably give them what they need to win, or to at least just, just to make it to the playoffs, but it's really just going to depend on where they want to spend that money. This is going to be another interesting offseason for this team, and each year we get into it, we have even more confidence that they're going to get something done and make these moves and continue to get better. So... Yes, there there is going to be a lot to work on this offseason uh, for what you were pretty much introducing this to, Mark. I know that we have pretty much discussed the main free agents in terms of Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon. Right away, we all know that's going to be a massive area of need in the infield and pretty much in the starting rotation because we cannot guarantee that both of them uh, will be back. So uh, if maybe that's them coming back, filling in an area of need, of course, that's also a possibility. But Let's say they both go or the Jays decide to go elsewhere. You do have a massive um, pretty much hole in the infield and you need to fill that with somebody. And I know there's lots of rumors going around already. We all know that there's the Jose Ramirez rumors that kind of were circulating throughout um, or kind of came out right at the beginning of the offseason that the Jays tried to trade for him originally at the July 31st trade deadline. And of course, nothing ended up happening. So... Perhaps the Jays circle back and go after that. That's obviously an area of need, and that could fit the bill of a left-handed at-bat in some way because he is a switch hitter. But of course, on top of that, you do want to get a left-handed hitter for sure if it's Jose Ramirez or not or if it's Marcus Simeon coming back or not. And yes, the rotation is something that, of course, they're going to have to fill out as well because we all know that uh, Jose Barrios, Hunjin Ryu, Alec Manoa are locked in. Ross Stripling's going to be somebody, of course, in the mix as well. Nate Pearson's in the mix. Um, you need to fill somebody for sure because Steven Matz is also somebody who's up other than Robbie Ray as well or is alongside Robbie Ray. And regardless if the Jays offer Matz a qualifying offer or not, I don't think they will, so I'm assuming they won't. That's two pretty much spots right now that you might have to look elsewhere and, and fill. And that's why you also want Robbie Ray to come back in that way for sure. And it's quite obvious the bullpen, we discussed this as well. They have the main pieces there for sure but they need to improve pretty much in the middle innings and kind of add to what they already have because the core they have now is good for the later innings. But of course, you maybe you want to, Mark, you were talking about it too last week. Maybe you get a different closer. You actually get a labeled closer this year or this offseason heading into 2022. 
and of course, you want to get guys for the middle relief innings that we've discussed already prior. So for for every every Blue Jays fan kind of looking at this this year, I think it's pretty. It's I think it's quite obvious to what they need and where they currently sit. You know, the past couple of years, like I was mentioning, we really didn't know what to expect because they were on the end of their little retool slash rebuild. And we knew they were starting to slowly transition because two years ago, they get Hunjin Ryu for $80 million. Last offseason, they break the bank and get George Springer. We all know the details of that. But now this team is pretty much has pretty much all the expectations uh, to compete and to try and win. So in that case, of course, every Blue Jays fan knows what pretty much the basic idea is with what they need and what direction they're heading into. Expect this team to be very active in free agency, even other than Marcus Simeon and obviously Robbie Ray. They're going to be looking at so many names, potential trades, like I was mentioning. There's the Jose Ramirez thing, and of course, there's going to be many more things that come. But we get a pretty good idea, or we have a pretty good idea of what, like where they're going to head into the direction. The players, of course, we don't know. But in terms of that, to summarize it, yes, a left-handed at-bat, uh, and either a third baseman or a second baseman, somebody in the infield for sure, maybe a starter or two, and of course, definitely a few names to the bullpen for sure. And we all know how the bullpen works. You can kind of sign, you know, a, a handful of people. We all know how it, it's worked like that, or I should say, arm barn, because that might be something that's coming <laughs> soon. But uh, either way, it's a pretty clear, clear cut direction, and now the expectations are on this team to go forward to maybe win the division and go on a run like we saw um, or maybe a playoff run like we were kind of never got to see and something that we were all kind of, you know, left hanging because we got we all got that team where they were so close. We all know how, uh, the wins they finished with, but we never got to see them in a postseason game. And that's a lot of things where we kind of, you know, it's it's a hard, it was hard to get over. I think we're all kind of over it now, but to, the fact that they didn't get to play one postseason game could still bother Blue Jays fans because that's something that I think we deserve to see, especially with the talent that they had this year for sure. Can I just say, if the league renames the bullpen before they restructure the playoffs, I am not oh watching goodness. baseball anymore. You are <laughs> on this topic for sure. Well, the thing is, I've though, been... the CBA, I think it officially expires December 2nd. So that would the armbar would need to be implemented before December 2nd. It's to not going to be called Actually. the armbar. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's an odd I, name. I thought I was over the 2021 season. I thought, you know, we had talked about it for four weeks. I was done talking about it. I want to talk about the offseason then. I think it was either yesterday or the day before the Blue Jays put up their retrospective highlight video of the season. And that just roped me back into, you know, reminding me of all the joys of 2021 and how magical of a season it was, even if the Blue Jays didn't make the postseason. It was still an amazing experience. I know I've said that a million times over the last four weeks, but... Just reminded me of that. But yeah, when it comes to the bullpen, I know we're going to get into the specific names later, but I do think they need a big name. They need like kind of a, a brand name to go in the bullpen and solidify the back end of the bullpen. Because look, the Blue Jays approach in the past two years has been to get, you know, just a handful of random guys, pickings that they get off waivers, minor league deals, and just kind of cobble it together in sort of a patchwork and see what sticks to the wall. That worked to some extent in 2020. They had a really good bullpen in 2020. We saw towards the end of that season how it didn't work out, how after more exposure and you know more stress on the bullpen, it starts to fall apart. And we saw the full fruits of that in 2021. We saw how using a patchwork of guys in the bullpen over an entire season and you know past 60 games 
will backfire. It's not going to work. People are going to start to get to your bullpen. Exhaustion and injuries are going to start to get to your bullpen. It doesn't work to just rely on that patchwork for an entire season. So I think the Blue Jays will be going out and hunting a big name. We're going to talk about the exact names later. But I do think they kind of have to change their approach from what it was last season. I know... Last episode, I said I think the Blue Jays need to go out and get a you know bona fide closer who can kind of take Jordan Romano's role, and Jordan Romano can become the setup man or you know the the fire guy that comes in whenever there's a big situation that they need him to to deal with. I got some blowback for that, but I think it's true that the Blue Jays need, if not someone to usurp Jordan Romano, someone on his same level who can be that same caliber type pitcher. But um, yeah, if we're looking at kind of what the the extent of the moves that the Blue Jays need to make this season. You're looking at them losing George, uh excuse me, them losing Marcus Simeon and them losing Robbie Ray. How do they replace that production? That's like 12 war basically or 13 war. How do you replace it? I assume the Blue Jays are going to re-sign one of those guys. I don't know who I you know, let's just say for the sake of it, it's Robbie Ray. The Blue Jays signed Robbie Ray. That means you're losing the seven war of Marcus Simeon. You can generally assume that you're going to get half of that back from a full season of George Springer. If George Springer is healthy for a full year, you're going to get him, you know, for six, seven war. He had 2.4 war according to baseball reference in 2021. So you're picking up about half of the value of Marcus Simeon or Robbie Ray, whoever they don't sign in a full season of George Springer. So then you're talking about, okay, how do we, you know, pick up these remaining three to four wins that we're losing from one of these guys? And then how do we add a handful of wins on top of that to make the Blue Jays even better and get them to that next stage? Those are, you know, you, in my mind, you're trying to add about seven wins for the Blue Jays this offseason, assuming they sign one of Marcus Simeon and Robbie Ray to get to the point where they want to be in. You know, look, they want to win a World Series. Mark Shapiro said the goal of the Blue Jays next year is to win a World Series. And who knows, you know, Mark Shapiro is going to say that, obviously. He's the president of the Blue Jays. But, you know, after the Atlanta Braves won the World Series this year, there is no reason why the Blue Jays shouldn't win the World Series next year. So, it's definitely possible. And in my mind, the Blue Jays have to add seven wins somewhere to get to that point. So, where do they add those wins? Let's turn... First, we were already talking about it, but let's talk about relief pitchers. What are some of the names in your guys' mind that you're kind of looking for the Blue Jays to add that could fit well with the Blue Jays roster that have potential to fill that need of, you know, either the big name, whether you think they need a big name or those lesser, cheaper guys that the Blue Jays could add to solidify the bullpen? See, I'm not against getting those cheaper guys. Like, look at last year, it was take a bet on Kirby Yates and all these guys and it didn't work out injuries and underperformances but had that have worked out I think easily the Blue Jays bullpen from whatever it was April the or, or March the 29th whatever it would have been a, a fantastic bullpen because it was really at the second half of the season and what did they do they acquired middle inning guys or and late inning guys that could take away from the guys that were always doing all the work that being said I kind of think there is a lot of value in in knowing sort of your results going into the into the game and maybe you can we I think we talked about him as a, a trade piece but maybe somebody like Craig Kimbrell I know wasn't exactly the way things uh, or it, it didn't pan out for him completely after the trade in the uh, the middle of the season but he's somebody you could look at he is a free agent he's in his early 30s you could consider a two or three uh, year deal 
he is a closer. And personally, I don't think that they need a closer. I think Jordan Romano is perfect for that role. You could use him as a setup man. I think he was used uh, after the trade a little bit in that role. But he's another late-inning guy that you have. And the thing is, is, you have that core. You have Adam Simber, Tim Meza, Trevor Richards, and Jordan Romano. You just put one or two other guys that is part of your like core six or core five, and your bullpen, I think, is set. And then, obviously, there's going to be call-ups. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff, especially with doubleheaders. Like, the bullpen, to me, is the most flexible area of of your roster however if you have that core whatever whatever it is four or five guys or six guys then you're I, I think you are set and really the Blue Jays have most of that they just need to add one guy and you can consider a guy like uh like Craig Kimbrell maybe somebody like Ryan Tapera come back for a year or two I'm not really sure how that would work out but that's the thing like you just you need I think one or two bonafide, solidified, whatever you want to call it. You need one or two guys that can come in and really give you what you're what you're expecting. And the thing is, is I, I think we're looking at competing now. And the last two seasons, it was like, okay, well, we can take a bet on Taiwan Walker. We can take a bet on, on uh, Kirby Yates. And I, I think those semi-worked out. It definitely worked out more with some guys than others. However, when the expectation is to win a World Series and reasonably, expect to win a world series i think you do need to start to heavily consider getting those big name guys because at some point you're gonna have to focus on the core that you have now is going to eventually become free agents or arbitration eligible and that's still years away but i think right now you're at the point where it's time to compete and it's time to get guys that can that you know are going to help you do that yeah it's going to depend to a big factor obviously is going to be how much they're willing to spend this year because we all know they haven't really they expect the budget to go up but there's a lot of stuff going around we all know the Rogers ownership thing going on right now who knows how much that's going to impact the team or not but pretty much I can see this as two ways Mark I can see it your way as well where they do go out or even Jacob's way as well where they do go out and get a top reliever like like that I know for Craig Kimbrell uh, in particular Jacob just to correct you a little bit he, his option was picked up uh, by the the White Sox however they are going to be shopping him this winter. So it's going to come at a price. If you do get Kimbrel, you're going to have to trade for him. But that's just one out of many names. I know you were just using him as an example. And of course, there's lots of big names out there. And I can also see them where they go a different route, where maybe they stick with Jordan Romano as a closer, and they go out and get other guys. Because... Or like guys maybe a little bit cheaper. Like I and like I mentioned, it's gonna depend on how much they're willing to spend. Maybe they go both routes because the one thing that this team does a lot in this front office, and we've seen it, look at Marcus Simeon and Robbie Ray. It's a perfect example. You take a chance on guys on one year deals, there's gonna be a few of those I'm pretty much expecting no matter what position it is. But in particular for the bullpen, I do expect that to happen. And again, I can see a route where they do go out and maybe add some pretty uh, big names or whatnot, or, you know, middle guys, because the, you know, for the, the market for relievers, it's always kind of tricky because there's always a bunch of guys that are, for, are available for sure, either if it's via trade or through free agency, but um, it, it's just going to depend on the dollar amount. It's going to depend on term. There's going to be a lot of things that depend on it. Perhaps the Jays, I mean, go out and give Kirby Yates another chance. I wouldn't rule it out. I just don't know how likely that is, but uh, again, there's just a number of people that are available. And of course, it's just going to depend on the price. And um, the one thing, too, I wonder is we saw last year the focus was George Springer. 
is this year going to be the year they focus on the bullpen before other guys, or are they going to focus on bringing back either Robbie Ray or Simeon first? Like it all depends on the market, the speed, and in particular, we all know how the market's kind of been slow the past couple of years. We kind of, you know, are used to everything kind of un- or boiling or kind of, un- you know, the floodgates being open in around January when the calendar flips to a new year. But this year in particular, it's even more difficult for us to predict or for any fan to predict because of the CBA. The CBA expires December 2nd. Are people going to wait till after there's a new CBA or people are going to try and get ahead of this before? There's so much uncertainty for pretty much every team and there's not, and that's a disadvantage for everyone. It's not like there's money or whatnot uh, advantages for teams because there always is. But in terms of a disadvantage for everyone, the CBA is a question mark. And that's why I don't know if the Jays are going to focus on the bullpen first or near the end or in the middle, it's just, there's a whole different uh, approach that they have to do this year for every single team. So that's why I'm kind of open in particular for the bullpen because the bullpen's always tricky to predict and just for everything, you know, are they, it just, I can see it in both ways for sure. I, Cause I can see them uh, as much as if you agree with it or not, I see a possibility where Jordan Romano is the closer next year and they add pieces for him. But I also do see a possibility where they go out and get a top closer, like you were mentioning, Mark and Jacob, for sure. And Craig Kimbrell's one out of many names. We know that the Jays kind of showed interest a little bit around the trade deadline. But of course, there's so many other names that they can possibly go with, maybe trade for other guys in terms of the bullpen in particular. And that's just one out of many names for this bullpen. And of course, it's going to as well ripple towards starters and uh, position players. Yeah, I think, personally, I would be surprised if any of the top 10, top 20 free agents signed before the CBA is determined a new CBA. Like, Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Robbie Ray, none of these guys are going to be off the board by January because they're all going to be waiting to see if there's a work stoppage, see if there's a shutout, um, see if, you know, how this deal shakes out, how it affects the pockets of a lot of teams. Um, I would be very surprised if any of these guys are off the market. That being said, I don't think the Blue Jays have to prioritize the bullpen. I don't think they have to say, we have to fix a bullpen before we can do anything else. I just don't think it works that way in the offseason. I think you're kind of multitasking and trying to fix everything at once and keeping your doors open to everything at once. But that being said, they have to do something more than they did in previous years. They can't skate by with what they've done in previous years. And just looking at names, um, you mentioned Craig Kimbrell, obviously on the trade market, no longer on the free agent market. He is a great pitcher. He's phenomenal. Maybe, you know, getting ahead of ourselves, but maybe even a future Hall of Famer um, as someone who's been doing what he does out of the bullpen for so, so long. But he's aging and he's going to cost you with his option being worth a lot. It kind of reminds me of Brad Hand, what he got from the Nationals last offseason. Obviously, it's not the same situation because Brad Hand was a free agent. Now, Craig Kimbrell isn't, but it's still not a great sign, you know, with what we saw from Brad Hand this year. I wouldn't be totally confident in the Blue Jays going out and trading for Kimbrell, especially because it might cost him a lot to get him. So he's not the top target in terms of other guys that I would like to see the Blue Jays get. Kenley Jansen is also going to be on the free agent market. Great season this year, but kind of the same thing as Kimbrell. 2.22 ERA. Um, 
He's a big name, but his walk rate is up. He had a career-high 32 walks in 2021. He has some other signs of decline. Um, his spin rate on a lot of stuff isn't as bad as it has been in previous years, but still not great. So a little bit of signs of instability, instability for Jansen. So the two guys that I will say that I think the Blue Jays should be in on and should target, um, Raziel Iglesias. Um, he had some rough patches in 2021, but still at the end of the day, he put up a 2.57 ERA for the Angels. Um, and like I said, the Blue Jays need that big name guy. And this year is proof that the hodgepodge of the patchwork won't work. And Iglesias could fit the bill of that big name guy. Um, another guy I'll mention is Colin McHugh. Um, just phenomenal for the Rays this season. 1.55 ERA in 64 innings, 30 of those appearances. Um, out of the bullpen, 30 of his 37 appearances. Um, he had on average longer outings. He was never used on back-to-back -back days, and his average outing was about two innings each. Um, but he could fit that bill of maybe not the big name, but certainly someone who can offer that stability at the back end of the bullpen, can complement Jordan Romano as the setup man or the two-inning guy, um, and he can add that depth in the bullpen. And he, he might not be that expensive. $8 million to $10 million over two years is kind of the estimation of what it'll take. So that's kind of, if I remember correctly, kind of like a Kirby 8 steal. It's not that pricey. It could be a big name without the big price tag for the Blue Jays. So those are the two guys I would like to see them in on and try to add. Colin McHugh and Raziel Iglesias. Don't need to get both of those. I think the bullpen is in a better state than it was at the end of last season with the additions of Adam Simber and Trevor Richards, but I'd still like to see them add one of those guys at least to get that bullpen more stable. Yeah, and see, once you do that, like you're mentioning with Colin McHugh, you, you give him, I, don't, I mean, if you if you can throw two innings, you can really throw him in anywhere. I mean, I don't think that an opener is likely or realistic or good or basically throw the opener idea in the trash for the Blue Jays, but if you can have somebody throw two or three innings maybe not three but like two innings one inning in the the later half of the game then you're I think you're set and that that's the thing like when it comes to the relievers I said this a few minutes ago but you really you need one or two guys I think and then your core is set and so whether it's you know you trade for Kimbrel or or, or Tapero or any of these guys basically you get one or two guys and I think your bullpen is set for the next well at least for next season but then you know the core four those those uh those four are there for the next next like three or four seasons each so basically you get one guy this season two guys this this off season and then, i mean you're gonna have to eventually go back to the drawing board but essentially you need one or two guys and then your bullpen is set and it'll be set from day one are injuries inevitable unfortunately yes and we saw that in may where i think there was like a two-week span where somebody was on the il every single day or going on the il all you need though is to just best prepare for that, and if you can get the get the top guys or the best guys that you can now, just to add to that core, then you're you're set. Yeah, we we all know the arm barn is very tricky to predict, and it's just so much like even when we went back to our roster predictions last year out of the spring, like we were all kind of off in a certain way. Like it's just it's just so hard to predict. But like, there's so many good names. Like Colin McHugh, former teammate of George Springer as well. I'm sure George Springer would welcome him with open arms. But I mean, bounce back candidates. You know, uh, you mentioned Iglesias, uh, Mark. Like, it's going to depend on how much they want to spend, how much you know people they want to commit to. Are they going to give people kind of bounce back chances? Because the Jays love to do that. Like, there's so much you can see this go and so uh, go in so many different directions. But yeah, like 
I mean, it just it feels like it's going to be very backloaded in terms of all the signings because you guys were, or Mark, you mentioned too, like the the CBA expiring. You're expecting people to sign, you know, after the new year, and I I agree with you on that. So prior to that, like. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with names coming up, you know, interest, like we all know, um, as much as fans hate it, how the Jays are interested in people like, I mean, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of that again, this off season. So there's so many like, there's just so many different um, names out here like that. Of course, they can definitely trade for people too. like, I'm not going to rule that out. But yeah, like, there is a couple big names here. Maybe the Jays do show interest. And um, I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. I mean, if they want to go out and, you know, pursue someone like Iglesias or Jansen, even though I don't think Jansen's as likely as Iglesias, if you want to compare the two. I mean, I'm all for that for sure. And um, uh, I just I just wonder, if, you know, how many people they're going to add. I, I expect um, at least two. I, I think maybe two or three max. Maybe three is a little bit too much. But yeah, like, they're, they're only a few pieces away from that. But of course, you always want to add as much depth as you can. So it's just going to, you know, be a matter of fact of how quick they prioritize this are they going to multitask like mark you were saying like it's going to be a different approach from last year i think they have no choice but to do that and that's why it intrigues me because that's why the arm barn's always so you know it's just so unpredictable and that's why it's always sometimes the best way to it's just it's always full of chaos is what i'm trying to say peter's gonna spot our sponsor our podcast after this episode bryson has really given them their <laughs> airtime with the arm barn um but yeah, making this list of like prepping for this podcast and looking at the names the Blue Jays could get, it was like Christmas morning writing down the list of things you want because like, yeah, I'll take Rizal Iglesias and yeah, I'll take Colin McHugh and we'll get to it. But yeah, I'll take J-Ram and I'll take all these guys. Um, of course, the Blue Jays aren't going to sign all of them. They're not going to be in on all of them um, or they might be judging by what we saw their approach be last season. Um, but yeah, it, it's obviously this is best case scenario these are the guys the Blue Jays go out and get um things won't be the same in reality but let's turn to starting pitching and what the Blue Jays focus should be there um as we mentioned who they have right now is a lot better than it was at the start of last offseason um if you go back to you could I don't know, like November 1st 2020 the Blue Jays picture of what their rotation would be was a lot weaker this offseason it's better you have bonafide starters, Jose Barrios. You have Hinjin Ryu in there, and he is declining, but you still expect him to be a solid guy in the middle of that rotation. You got Alec Manoa, you got Nate Pearson who's going to figure into that equation, and you got some other young guys that are also going to figure into that equation. But the Blue Jays are probably going to be looking to add someone, as we've already talked about. Um, I'm just going to list off some of the guys that are available on the free engine market, and we can kind of discuss them. Um, Robbie Ray, obviously, coming off a career season. Um, the drawbacks of him are probably the price tag and the concerns about whether his performance is sustainable. You know, he led the NL in walks in 2020, despite spending 40% of the season in another league. So it's a question of whether he can repeat the success, the success of 2020. Another guy on the free agent market, God forbid I say his name, but Marcus Stroman, he opted out of the 2020 season. He had his career season in 2021, 33 starts, an ERA just two one-hundredths above three, uh, 133 ERA plus. The drawbacks, obviously, the clubhouse concerns with Marcus Stroman. Um, Kevin Gossman is also on it. He's familiar with the Blue Jays from his time with Baltimore, but he's a different guy. He made some adjustments in where he stands on the rubber, and it led to a 2.81 ERA in 33 starts with San Francisco. So 
one of the best guys um, probably on the market for in terms of starting pitching. He can be a little bit homer prone, which might cost him more in Toronto than it did in San Francisco, but he's still a potential target for the Blue Jays. Um, Max Scherzer, he's older. There's some periphery stats that don't bode well for him, but he's still finished second in the National League in ERA, third in baseball reference war. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, another guy, he had bad numbers on the face of it in 2021, but suffered from a little bit of bad luck and might come a little bit cheaper, might be a perfect reclamation project for Pete Walker, and he's relatively young, he's only 29 next year. Um, three more guys I'll mention in just the list and then we can go over who you guys kind of want the Blue Jays to target. Um, Carlos Rodon, phenomenal season, we all know, you know, the toe hitter slash perfect game. He did struggle with injuries and has in previous seasons. Um, he was injured in 2019, injured in 2020. Um, hasn't pitched more than 135 innings in a season since 2016. But he was in the running for Cy Young until the very end of the season when he got injured. So he's someone that might be on the Blue Jays list. Noah Syndergaard might be looking for a Blue Jays reunion. He missed all of 2020 and 2021 with Tommy John, except for two appearances at the end of this season. Velocity was down, but he seems like the perfect candidate for kind of a one, two-year deal. High risk, looking for a bounce back to parlay it into a bigger payday and free agency later in his career. And then the last guy I'll mention is Steven Matz that we've already talked about a little bit on this podcast, but the Blue Jays may be offering a qualifying offer. Seems unlikely. Seems like he's going to test the free agent market, but he's another guy. So all those guys in mind, all the drawbacks, all the positives for all of them, who do you have in your mind as maybe the one or two guys that you want the Blue Jays to go out and get because he fits the Blue Jays' needs? I'll tell you what, first of all, I can nearly guarantee that Marcus Stroman is not coming to the Blue Jays because could you just imagine the, like, he's sitting in the room with uh, Mark Shapiro, Ross Atkins, and it's like, hey, I know I've I've uh, publicly said that you guys are terrible at your job, but can you please give me a job? Like, I just... I feel like that would be just the, the most awkward conversation. However, also like there's a reason they got rid of him. <laughs> like, exactly. They like don't like his influence on the clubhouse. Well, also his ERA was over four for half of his career. Like it was good some years, then it was terrible the other years, and that's the other thing. Like he's a roller coaster, and the Blue Jays they're on the the uphill of the roller coaster. They don't need the the guy at the end of of uh, Behemoth at Canada's Wonderland. But basically, what? Stroman's not coming to the Blue Jays <laughs> no matter what. I'll tell you what, though. I would be interested if the Blue Jays don't sign Robbie Ray. If they do sign him, I think that they're not going to make any more moves. However, if they don't, I think it would be interesting to see Max Scherzer come to the Blue Jays. I'm just saying, like, it, it, maybe one or two-year deal. He, You know, his his numbers were overall extremely good. I mean, with the, the Nationals, 19 starts, 276 ERA, but then it was even lower in... in 11 starts, a 198 ERA with the Dodgers, and he was one of those reasons why the Dodgers were able to make that last playoff push uh, and get into the playoffs. So it could be, you know, it could be a very interesting topic or, or for the Blue Jays to consider. I'm the, the thing is, is like we can name guys. I don't know how likely most of them are. I'm just saying, you know, a guy like Max Scherzer, he is an older guy. He's been around a lot through uh, like two no hitters. I think he almost had a perfect game or against the Pirates or whatever, but he's a, a very good starter, probably a Hall of Fame starter. And if you're you're thinking of you need that one extra guy for next season, could be him. Could be the 
the the Taiwan Walker that never happened in 2020, where he comes uh, comes to the Blue Jays, or instead of coming back, he comes to the Blue Jays, and he's he's out the he's right there from day one. That definitely could be a possibility, but I think priority number one has to be Robbie Ray, and then if you don't sign him, then you got to consider other guys. And Marcus Stroman's probably the absolute last resort, but. I'm not going to say much more on that because who knows how, how that's going to go. But yeah, like priority number one has to be Robbie Ray. Work with him. Do whatever it takes. Like if he wants $100 million over five years, you give it to him, I think. And then honestly, your rotation is set for the next couple seasons. And it's the same thing with the bullpen. Like the, the, the way that the Blue Jays are right now, it's so much better as a fly interrupts me. I don't know if you guys saw that. But uh, <laughs> basically like the... the, the Starting rotation is, uh, may, like, if you don't sign anybody, I think it is still, t- still to some degree set. I would just still like to see Robbie Ray come back. And then if he's not back, you got to consider your other options. And, you know, maybe it's an older guy like Max Scherzer. Maybe it's, I mean, Noah Syndergaard, that would be very interesting, but I don't really think that's overly likely. I just find it funny, like, how Marcus Stroman wants to come back now. I mean... <laughs> Why didn't he want to play here, and or why was he all fed up during the years that they were losing almost 100 games? And I'm not going to say it because I think it's pretty obvious, but I just kind of, I find that a little hilarious in my opinion. But I just don't know how he would fit in this locker room or this clubhouse as well. Like you guys were mentioning, how like I, like as much as his we all know like his his attitude sometimes and all that. Like would he be a good fit in the clubhouse? I'm not sure. However. I think I'm a little bit more open to it than you two. Like, I mean, if they really want to go down that road, I'm not saying for sure, and I'm not saying he's the top guy on my board because he's not, but I'm saying if the, you know, the chance came or if they really were open to it, because I believe there was a report too where the Jays were interested or like there was a little bit of mutual interest. It's more Stroman than the Jays of anything because Stroman's confirmed it on Twitter uh, in exchanges with fans, but I'm not totally against it. I That's what I'll say. I'm, I'm not... He's not number one on the list. He's not. I'll make that very clear. But he's not my last resort is to compare it to uh, what you guys thought. And second of all, too, if you want to bring up somebody like Scherzer, I think he's going to stay in L.A. or I think he's going to stay out west. I, I, I doubt he comes uh, to anywhere, especially the Jays, just because of that. And um, there's, there's, uh, there's so many other names. I mean, the one guy I wonder about, and Mark, he was not on your list, was somebody who recently declined his club option for next year in Seattle, Yusei Kikuchi, who the Jays made a very big play for in 2019. He was one of the guys that the Jays actually went after, and they were one of the finalists. I I, don't, I wonder if the Jays maybe circle back and attempt to bring him in this offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Um, again, we all know how he kind of did last year entering. I think he's uh, age, what is he, 31 now, or he will be 31 ed- heading into 2022. Uh, 4.40 ERA, so you know not the greatest, but of course somebody who can definitely give you a lot of innings, and uh, he made 29 starts for the Mariners last year, so he's definitely somebody who's out there. One guy you did mention, and um, Jacob, I know you said he was, you don't see it as likely. This one I see a pretty decent to high chance of something happening is Noah Syndergaard. I I, I really uh, like that for sure. I, I like that idea, and I like the chance or maybe the idea of bringing him in, maybe taking a chance on him. After coming off of uh, Tommy John surgery, we all know he came back as a reliever. 
I think that's a chance. I really do think there's a possibility for that, that the Jays kind of show interest. And of course, we know the guys that were here last year in terms of Steven Matz and Robbie Ray. I mean, Steven Matz, for someone who made $5 million last year, it seems pretty unlikely now that the Jays will offer a qualifying offer because it feels like in a heartbeat he would take that knowing he you know, he made $5.2 million last year. So somebody to keep an eye on as well. Robbie Ray, of course, you want to bring back Robbie Ray. And I don't know about you guys, and I guess I'm going to be... You know, I, I guess I'm the negative one out of you guys, but I've just as much the more that this goes on, I just I'm having doubts that both of them are going to be back or one of them are going to be back. I'm really having doubts at this point. However, if one of them do come back, I think it's Robbie Ray, and I think that's the one where you have a higher chance of bringing him back. That's somebody, of course, that's probably around Plan A or in terms of the top of the list this offseason is trying to bring him back. And of course, you have Simeon there as well. But I just, I, I don't know. I'm getting cold feet. And of course, a lot of that can change. I don't know anything behind the scenes. It's just my feelings talking. But there's there's great names on this list as well. And um, I'll end it off with it. I mean, Marcus Stroman, maybe, uh, maybe, okay, just maybe. And of course, there's so many other names. Like, that's the that's the best part about this is that we're so early on. Like, we're like day two in. And we don't have really any names right now. Like the Jays are reportedly interested in this guy or not. We're kind of just brainstorming at this point. But there's so many possibilities where you can see the Jays go down that road. And I think the Kikuchi one coming from a few days ago, I really do think that might be something to highlight or something to keep an eye on. I could be completely wrong, but just knowing the Jays who tried to get him a couple years ago, I wouldn't be surprised they try and get him again. I'm not saying they will. I just think that's somebody who should be near the top of the list as well in terms of interest or maybe filling the Jays' needs in the starting rotation. Yeah, he could be a really interesting target. Um, The Blue Jays don't need to get a top-of-the-line guy. That's another thing. Because, you know, if you look at their positioning last year, we all wanted them to get that top-of-the-line guy. The starting pitching depth in the offseason wasn't that great. You had Trevor Bauer and Jake Odorizzi kind of as the top two names, and we know how both those guys worked out. Not great for respectively the Astros and the Dodgers. Um, but this year's depth is better, but the Blue Jays don't need to add as much because they have that starting rotation depth. They have the guys like Jose Barrios, who's that ace at the top of the rotation, Alec Manoa and Ryu provide that depth. Um, but that being said, yeah, someone like Yusei Kikuchi would add a lot to this rotation and might be the appropriate level of talent that the Blue Jays need if they don't want to spend too much here and instead prioritize a left-handed bat or a relief pitcher or something like that. Marcus Stroman, I'm having none of it. I don't want him back. I don't think the Blue Jays want him back. I think his tenure with the Blue Jays is done. Like, he is history for the Blue Jays. And there's nothing more to say there. We we all know what happened, and uh, I don't think there's any mutual interest. I think it's all on Stroman's side. Robbie Ray, I'd love to have him back, but you got to be a little bit cynical in his return. Um, I think if I'm ranking the guys that I want the Blue Jays to have, I'm sorry, Jacob, but Max Scherzer is not on my list either. I disagree with both of your picks. I think he is way too old. He's going to be 38 in July of next year. And he's also going to command a lot of money. Um, The Blue Jays are no longer in the stage of their development where they're only looking to add guys who are on the younger side of their career, guys who have high upside for years to come. But I think Scherzer is so far in the other direction, he's going to be 38 next year, that it is just another conversation of he's too old to fit into the Blue Jays' competitive schedule, and they're going to have to pay too much for him. I mean, his 
as I mentioned, even though he was second in ERA in the National League, um, his velocity has ticked down in recent years. His spin rates have ticked down. He posted his highest full season uh, FIP since 2016 and his high, second highest walk rate since 2016. His strikeout rate is also down. I just think, you know, Scherzer, uh, he... He's a Hall of Famer, but I think the writing is on the wall that he's reaching the end of his career. And I hate to write him off because he's someone who has been so, so good for so many years and has, you know, kind of beat back father time for so long. And he could prove us all wrong, but I don't want the Blue Jays to, to sign Max Scherzer. I think he's going to be too much money for too little performance. Um, so who do I want the Blue Jays to sign? I think Noah Syndergaard is a perfect candidate. I think he matches the kind of profile of someone that the Blue Jays can sign low for one year or two years and get that sort of gamble that they got potentially with Robbie Ray, kind of what they got with Steven Matz, although that wasn't on the free agent market. I think he matches the profile of that type of player. I think another guy that matches that profile is Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, and he's another guy I want the Blue Jays to target. You know, missing 2020, having a 4.74 ERA in 2021, He's someone who suffered from bad luck, and I think he's someone that can be fixed a lot with Pete Walker. You know, he had a 3.32 FIP last season. He suffered from a 4.10 batting average of balls in play with men on base. So just a host of bad luck for him. And I think you pair him with Pete Walker. You get him for a full year healthy. He's only 29. He seems like the perfect reclamation project for the Blue Jays. So Noah Syndergaard and Eduardo Rodriguez, they're not – the sexy names, they're not the names that are at the top of the list in terms of talent for free agent pitchers this offseason, but I think it fits the Blue Jays' position, and I think it's uh, they would be strong ads in terms of high potential, good bang for your buck. See, the one thing against Eduardo Rodriguez is he's played in the AL East for a while, and I'm not saying that, that's, that, that he's unable to perform well, but the rest of the league or the rest of the division really does know him. And in terms of who I want to see the Blue Jays sign, it's a little bit different. I'm going to say Robbie Ray has to be number one. Like he is, he's probably number one, like out of any aspect of the team. But if you're talking about pitching, obviously he's number one. I think Scherzer is definitely a wild card, maybe one year, two years at absolute most. Do I think it's likely? Absolutely not. But I'm just saying, like, one year, we could see where that goes. I mean, he is a, a World Series champion, could bring some experience. And I know I'm kind of, the third guy, I know I'm kind of against this, but Stroman, I'm semi-open to. Like, I, it's one of those things where if, somehow, if the universe aligns and he is on the Blue Jays next season, I would be okay with it. Like, obviously, I'm not going to boo a player on the team that I cheer for, but... I'm just saying, like, it, it could be a possibility. And, and you talk about how his, his ERA is, d is definitely very up and down throughout his career in terms of season by season. He could have a good season. And you talk about guys like Alec Manoa, who, to me, is, is the guy that Marcus Stroman never really was able to become. And I know it's only been, like, 75% of a season for him, but he has Marcus Stroman but better vibes, if, if I'm being honest. And... Maybe you pair the two and somehow he turns his stuff around. He did have a, a decent year last year. It could be another option. And you, you talk about like his season-by-season season numbers are not great, but his playoff numbers are great. And you look at, I think it was he started game one and game, or game two and game five of the division series against the Rangers six years ago, which is you know, six years ago. That was a long time ago. But 
you know, and then he started the wild card game. He was good in that game against the the Orioles. Like he he does have playoff picture or pitcher written all over him. And obviously, you need to be good in the regular season to make the playoffs. But it's an option. I think. I don't think it's very likely. I think the most likely of these three guys is definitely Robbie Ray. But it's one that if you don't sign him, you got to consider. I think all of the other options. And if a guy is mutually or, or if a guy is interested in you, and he can provide you with some good numbers I would at least consider it and I know it's I said this at the start of this the the pitcher debate but it, it will be awkward those those conversations like hey I, I said that you're bad at your job but can you sign me that's going to be definitely weird but Stroman is an option I think for the Blue Jays and if he wants to come here I think you got to somewhat consider it one of many possibilities and there's going to be so many other guys as well that come off the or kind of come in rumors or whatnot and maybe trades I mean we can always you can't rule that out as well for a pitcher I mean there's just so many directions that could happen here but yeah like I'm I'm kind of at where you think or with Stroman with you think or what you think Jacob is just a never say never kind of thing but yeah the the one thing too I I don't think Scherzer is like a possibility whatsoever just to uh, clarify that from earlier but yeah I mean other than that, the other names that we've mentioned, um, I think, are a realistic chance for sure. And of course, there's going to be so many other guys. And I think, you know, what I take away from Mark Shapiro too, or what he said a couple weeks ago when he kind of did his end of season press conference. I don't have the exact quote, but he said something along the lines of, you know, we're we're going to get better. Not it's not just re-signing those two guys in terms of Marcus Stroman. I'm sorry, Marcus Simeon and Robbie Ray. Just to say, we get better from that. We're going to get better, kind of improving all around and you know if that means going out and get, getting other names then that's the case so you know I'm open or kind of prepared for the possibility of anything in terms of maybe those two guys walking and the Jays bringing a couple other new starters like I'm I'm full on prepared for any sort of possibility that happens I think I'm not focused on somebody like Robbie Ray coming back as much as I would love to have him back in you know in a snap of a finger I would definitely have him back but of course I'm open to or prepared for the possibility that none of them are back or you know the Jays don't even go after someone like Robbie Ray and maybe go after somebody else I mean there's just that's the crazy thing about this is that we're so early on that we we really don't know quite yet of what's really going to have an app or going to happen or have an idea of what's going to happen. So that's why I take this kind of all with a grain of salt. And at, at the end of the day, though, I, it does interest me because of all the brainstorming too. And, you know, once the off season begins, everyone's kind of doing this, right? There's so many potential options, you know, there's trade chips, whatnot. A lot of things are kind of um, starting to slowly take form now. So that's why it's going to be interesting for sure. And, you know, by the time next week, as much as, um, you know, we could have a couple names already that are potentially on the board. Cause after five days, that's kind of almost like when it's open season for anybody to go anywhere they want. So we're very close to this kind of all beginning as much as we don't anticipate anything to start. We're going to get a lot of CBA things first. And then after that, we're going to get a lot of, you know, this team's interested in this guy, this team's interested in this guy, this team is shopping this guy. It's going to be great. And we're going to have a lot of content to talk about uh, throughout the off season for sure. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to turn into a little bit of a labor pod for yeah probably a couple weeks or months because that's probably the only thing there's going to be to talk about at some point. But yeah, um, let's move on to the last part of the Blue Jays targets for this offseason. It is left-handed bats that also fit the Blue Jays' needs. So, I again, I say that because, you know, there's guys like Freddie Freeman who are free agents, but... He's a first baseman, does not fit the Blue Jays' needs. As much as I would love for him to come north of the border, 
and play for the Blue Jays. He's someone who doesn't fit the Blue Jays' needs. So, um, again, I'll just kind of go through the list, and then we can discuss who we think the Blue Jays should sign um, or trade for, because Jose Ramirez is on the top of that list. He's got a team option that Cleveland just picked up for $12 million for 2022. Um, The downsides of him is it's only one year. It would cost a lot to trade for him. Um, You know, you're talking a top five prospect in addition to a few other small pieces for the Blue Jays. Um, But he's so, so good, right? He's a switch hitter, 6.7 war, according to baseball reference, in 2021 OPS plus of 141 he plays third base which is a position of weakness for the Blue Jays in a perfect world you trade for him you slide Biggio over to second base you let Simeon walk you re-signed Robbie Ray and it all works out perfectly you can map out the situation perfectly for the Blue Jays trading for Jose Ramirez there's a very strong case to be made for him um other guys on the market Corey Seager Shortstop, so that kind of causes problems for Bo Bichette, but Seager is weak at shortstop, so there's speculation he might move to third or second, and that would work for the Blue Jays. Um, struggled a lot with injuries over his career, but he has the upside of an MVP, one of the top free agents on the market. Pricey, but might be worth it for the Blue Jays. Kyle Schwarber, another guy, I think he just declined his mutual option with the Red Sox, so he's on the free agent market officially doesn't really fit into the picture of the Blue Jays, would pretty much have to be exclusively a DH. Maybe you toss him in left or right field every once in a while, but he's not strong in the outfield. He's got big power, not great against lefties, but could fit into a platoon. He's only 29, so he should be good for a few more years, and he's coming off the best season of his career, minus a few injuries. Um, The defensive versatility here is a real drawback with Schwarber. Um, A guy uh, that, you know, defensive versatility is not a drawback for Michael Conforto. Um, he's an outfielder coming off his worst season. He only put up 0.9 war in 2021. He had a 101 OPS plus. Um, there was a lot of bad luck in there. There was a lot of injuries in there, COVID and a hamstring strain. Um, but he's not someone you're going to pay big bucks for, but he has huge bounce back potential. 154 OPS plus in 2020. He was at 127 OPS plus in 2019. Kind of reminds me of a Marcus Simeon type. Obviously not to the same extent. He's not going to be an MVP candidate. But could fit that bill if the Blue Jays are looking to add in that direction. And then the last lefty on the list that kind of fits the Blue Jays needs is Eduardo Escobar. Played for Arizona and Milwaukee. Was the Diamondbacks all-star rep in 2021. Not incredible offensive numbers 109 OPS plus 253 batting average but again he's a lefty and he plays all around the infield and could provide stability at third base or replace Simeon at second base um, and kind of offers that area of strength for the Blue Jays if they need it so those are the five guys I guess on my list that I think the Blue Jays should be looking out for that are potential fits who do you think the Blue Jays should go after out of these guys. So I'm going to say something that might complicate things a little bit and not by much, but here's the thing. Randall Gritchick has one more year with the Blue Jays and then you got to figure something out because his contract will be up. Why not just figure that out this offseason? Because I think it's fair to say he's, he's the fourth outfielder on a healthy Blue Jays roster. And the only reason why he played so many games was because Springer was out for so long. And, I'm not confident in him really going into 2022. I think the best option is potentially it's going to be tough, but trade for him or trade him. You know, maybe you add him to a different deal or 
you know, I'm not saying release or whatever, but I mean, Blue Jays did do that with some pitchers last season, but do something with Randall Gritchick and then bring back Corey Dickerson because I like what I saw out of him. He's a lefty. He can come in. He'll play, uh, you know, his every couple days in the outfield. He's, uh, you know, he's put him middle to bottom of the order. I think that's who you got to consider. And, you know, I'm not saying that outfield is the the prime area of, of concern for the Blue Jays. I don't really think it is a concern, but if you want to improve it a little bit, that's something you can do. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I actually am confident in the middle infield as of, well, the infield in general, as of right now, I don't think Simeon's coming back, but if he, if he does, or if he like, so let's, let's assume he doesn't, you're going to have Santiago Espinal at third base, probably every day and Kevin Biggio at second base every day. I'm not confident in Biggio as much as I am Espinal, but I still think that's a solid middle infield and one where there's a lot of room for growth. And there is concern that Espinal's numbers are a little bit inflated because he's, you know, his first season was a 30 ga- or a 60 game season. I think he played about half of it this season. Again, not playing the entire year. He was up and down from the minors in the earlier part of the season. However, I think he's shown that his average, it's at least considerable in terms of making him a everyday infielder. And that's what I mean. Like you got to at least consider it. That's why I don't really think that they're going to go out and sign an infielder now is it or, or trade for one now is it possible absolutely you know Marcus Simeon I think would like to be back obviously he's comfortable with this team and the Blue Jays are comfortable with him but I think if you're looking for other areas to improve those might take priority just because I think that if you're like I would have more confidence handing Espinal and Biggio everyday roles than I would giving Randall Gritchick even just semi everyday roles because he, he still would play like that's not to say that he wouldn't play he would play and I, I I think that the better option is probably have somebody else really play in the outfield whether it's you, know, you trade him and then you sign Dickerson uh, that's just who I think and the thing I think the the overall theme of really this the this offseason is not necessarily to reinvent the wheel it's really just to add on to what you have and maybe that's add or just just keep the guys that you had this season, because really the Blue Jays like let's not forget they were a 91 win team this year, they didn't make the playoffs but they were a good team and they were a good team because of those players and so, in a perfect world, you bring back those guys that were brought in later in the season who helped you win most of those games, and then you're probably set for the next season or next couple seasons. So, that's where I stand. It's maybe not the most flashy I just you know I don't really see it being in terms of position players being the 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 biggest thing for the Blue Jays I you'll see a couple season or a couple deals but that's probably it yeah I disagree with you on that because I feel like if you lose somebody like Marcus Simeon and Mark went over this before that that war that that's gone like and if you if you want to go forward with what you're saying and just roll with Biggio and Espinal platooning at second well that still leaves that hole at third base open and for me I'm not fully confident in giving Kevin Biggio that full reign right now I mean like you look at the 2021 he had it was a lost season for Biggio of course a prime candidate to bounce back on this roster next year I'm not saying he won't but to kind of prioritize the offseason and say we're gonna I have full confidence in Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal. If Marcus Simeon walks and we're not going to replace anything, we're not going to fill that hole at all, 
I think that's a step back. And for a team who wins 91 games, they don't win those 91 games without someone like Marcus Simeon. You need to replace Marcus Simeon with somebody. And if that's Jose Ramirez, that's uh, for sure uh, a likely scenario for me because we know the history of that. They tried trading for him in July. And um, and if it's not uh, Mar- or sorry, if it's not Marcus Simeon or Jose Ramirez, they're going to be they're adding somebody. And I really would be disappointed if they didn't. And I, I just think that puts them it's it's it doesn't put them in a horrible spot. But again, for a team that wants to compete and maybe make a run for the AL East next year, you're not winning the AL East with that infield. I'm, you need to make the next step or you need to stay at that level and replace him with somebody else. You can't go backwards for a team like this. And that's why I hope they they don't go that route. And I hope they do add somebody for if it's a lefty, if it's a righty, because there's so many options in the infield. I mean, in, in this free agent class for sure. And, you know, one guy, I know he's not a lefty and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but this was another guy who the Jays were interested in in July. And this kind of came up on the last day of the trade deadline. And Mark, he was not in your notes either. And I don't know how likely it is. I don't know if he would come here to change positions. It would depend on the dollar, all that. Maybe somebody like Trevor Story they go after. Again, I know he's a shortstop. I know he wants to probably play shortstop. It's kind of a similar thing with Simeon. But the Jays did try trading for him as well. And we do know that. So I'm not ruling that out. But of course, Corey Seager is actually somebody who was also on my list too. I mean, I just like that lefty at bat for sure. I'm, and that's why for someone like Ramirez, you get a switch hitter. That's pretty pretty flexible with that infield. So it's going to cost a lot. The one thing I do agree with what Jacob or what you did say, Jacob, was potentially trying to shop somebody like Randall Gritchick. I don't know how far you're going to get with that. I don't know the value on him. I don't know how much you could get for him. But I do think there's a few of these guys on this roster now that are potential trade chips. I think, you know, as much as we, we've known this from prior years, Lourdes Gurriel has always kind of circulated a, a little bit in the offseason in terms of, Maybe the Jays shopped this guy for that guy. We know that he was, if the Jays made that Francisco Lindor trade last year, he probably would have been one of the guys going the other way. I don't know how accurate that is now. I maybe see it a higher chance that they don't shop Gurriel, but of course, never say never. Another guy that I have highlighted that could be moved, and we've talked about this before in terms of the catching, is somebody like Alejandro Kirk because of the depth they have and the catching, all the prospects they have lined up. We all know Gabriel Moreno's on the way. Um, maybe in some point within the next couple of years. I don't see him as a lock to come back next year. However, again, I don't know how certain that is, and I can see him coming back for sure. But I just think Simeon back or not, that that position's got to be filled somehow. And I, I just, I really hope they do they do it that way because if they don't, we're going to have the exact same problem as we did last year, and we're going to say, the middle infield looks good. You got Kevin Biggio, you got Santiago Espinal, but... That third base, it's still empty. And then in most days, I mean, if, if you go that route, Jacob, you're going to have both of those guys playing second and third. And I think a really good strength for them next year in terms of their lineup is if maybe Biggio and Espinal can platoon at second base with each other. I think that makes it even more powerful if you want to talk about the middle infield and maybe adding a third base instead of bringing back someone like Simeon. But of course, there's always the chance that Simeon could come back as a second baseman and you can, you can roll with the same way. You can platoon Espinal and Bijou at third base, but I'm kind of just um, kind of theorizing Bijou and Espinal platooning at second base because we know that Bijou didn't have the greatest year at third base. He didn't look as comfortable, but a lot of that could have been with his neck injury that he was pretty much dealing with all year. But either way, if you want to continue to stay where you are and make that next step forward, you have to fill that, in. You have to fill that position for me. Yeah, I'm not... 
like I expect, I fully expect Biggio to bounce back and I think he'll have a good season, but I'm not ready to hand the keys to him, you know, the keys to the city. I think it's not his position to lose. Second base or third base is not his position to win, to lose. He has to win that position and he has to prove it just based on his performance last year. No matter what we've seen from him, no matter his history and our expectations, he has to win that position back. And I'm not betting on him to be that great. I think he will be good. I don't. I just don't bet on him to be that great. And, you know, if we're looking, in my mind, the Blue Jays have to add a left-handed bat. Like, their offense is okay without it. I mean, their offense is great. It's one of the best offenses in the league. But if you're looking to take that next step, if you're looking at the weaknesses the Blue Jays had this past season, hitting in the later innings, hitting in clutch situations, in my mind, that's because they don't have a, a balance in the lineup. It's because you get to the seventh, eighth inning, and other teams can roll out their bullpen exactly based on left-handed or right-handed pitchers the way they want to, and the Blue Jays don't have an approach because all their batters are right-handed. They don't have a defense that they can bring against that managerial decisions by other teams. So in my mind, the Blue Jays have to add a left-handed bat somehow. Yeah, Corey Dickerson is good. He's not great. Like he had a, you know, a OPS plus around league average, 99 OPS plus in 2021. It was a lot better with the Blue Jays. It was up to 110 with the Blue Jays. But to me, he's not great. And he also doesn't fix the Blue Jays needs. The Blue Jays don't need an outfielder. To me, the infield is a position of you know, weakness for the Blue Jays and they need to add there. So who the name is on the infield, I don't know. I think Corey Seager is an entertaining option. Jose Ramirez is obviously at the top of that bucket list, but I think they need someone in the mix there. So if I had to bet on who the most likely guy is they're going to get, whether, you know, assuming they miss out on Marcus Simeon, because obviously if they re-sign Marcus Simeon, then they're in the market for an outfielder who comes cheaper who's a left-hander. Then they're in the market for a backup infielder who's a lefty who can come off the bench. Um, but in the case that they don't re-sign Marcus Simeon, I think they're strongly in the market for Jose Ramirez. And I also think they're in the market for Eduardo Escobar. He's not the sexy name. He's not the name that's going to get the headlines. But he was great this past season, even if he did have an OPS plus of 109. He plays all around the infield, he's really strong defensively, and he's got above average offense. So I think that's one guy I want the Blue Jays to be in on. Um, if you lose a little bit of offensive production in Marcus Simeon, I think that's okay if you're gaining offensive versatility in a left-hander and defensive strength in a guy who's on the infield. So that's who I'd like to see the Blue Jays get and approach the uh, the offseason off in terms of the left-handed bat, in terms of the infield. I don't know if you guys have any concluding thoughts before we wrap it up no i think we've kind of covered it all but basically like this offseason is definitely going to be less nerve-wracking i guess is the best way to put it than last offseason because we really had no idea how this team was gonna look and you know we were talking about is it panic or is it espinal that's gonna be the the backup guy or whatever but at least this season Going into next season, the foundation is there. You just need to add a couple names, bring a few guys back, and who knows? Maybe, you know, I'm not going to make any championship predictions for next season, but you're almost at that point. Like, you're almost there. You just need a few more pieces. I really, you, you, I, you will be, you, I think you already did though. Didn't you already make one for next year? I thought you did. No, I, okay, I have, to be fair. It's not going to be in this episode though. <laughs> 
<laughs> Honestly, though, again, I told you a couple weeks ago or at the end of the year, if you roll with the Jays and Padres again, that's a pretty solid prediction. So it's more likely next year than it was this year. So I do think you should stick Padres, with that. But yeah, Padres got Bob Melvin now. They did. I think they're gonna and they're gonna have Clevenger back next year. So you might you might be onto something next year, Jacob. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait for all the uh, the rumors to come out of the Jays being interested in this guy, this guy, this guy. It's always kind of fun, but. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said earlier, Mark. I think until the CBA is um, signed, I think we're going to turn into a labor podcast again. And we all know how that went in 2020. It wasn't exactly the funnest stretch, but I mean, you're going to have no choice. <laughs> yeah, it's inevitable. Um, it's bound to happen and we'll have to roll with the punches. We'll see how it goes, but we'll find some way to keep it interesting and keep it entertaining. Um, until then... We're looking forward to the offseason. We're looking forward to those daily rumors of the Blue Jays are in on this guy. The Blue Jays are pursuing this guy. The Blue Jays are making this guy a priority. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be entertaining, as it always is. Until then, you can support our podcast by going to patreon.com slash section138pod. You can get access to bloopers. You can get to choose the intro and outro music for the podcast. There's a lot of fun perks there. You can also follow us on social media at Section138Pod. Stay up to date with all the episodes as we release them. You can give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Just helps spread the word about what we're doing. It's, uh, it's a good way to get the podcast up there and in front of more eyes. So go ahead and do that. And then also, if you watch this episode on YouTube, you can listen to it wherever you find podcasts. If you listen to it, you can watch this episode on YouTube. All right. We'll catch you next week.